What's up, guys? Welcome to the 14th episode of The Journey Podcast with me, Jada Christine. Today, we have a very special guest, my pastor, Mark L. Greenhouse. He will be covering topics like church hurt, identifying false teachers, what it's like running a non-denominational church and being a non-denominational Christian, why the church is full of single women and losing men, and many more. All questions that I'm extremely curious about myself. So if you guys like what you hear, please share this episode with a friend we post it on your social medias subscribe to the channel download the podcast leave a comment or review and enjoy all right pastor mark let's start off this conversation by getting to know you a little bit more can you tell us a little bit about your testimony and how you became a pastor so what happened with my calling the way the lord the way the holy spirit called me it was after a night where me and my wife had been out partying. <laughs> oh, I, don't want to skip, I don't want to skip no details. Okay. <laughs> we had been out partying mm-hmm. and I was asleep and she was asleep. And I heard a still voice saying, I want you to do my work. And I woke up from it and I said, and I asked my wife, what are you talking about? What are you saying? <laughs> what work do you want me to do? And she said, I didn't speak to you. And I said, what? So I went back to sleep and I heard the voice again. The voice said, I want you to do my work. And I went into the room. I said, sweetie, I think the Lord is calling me to do something in the ministry. She said, so what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to do what he asked me to do. Within 30 seconds later, I hear a knocking at the side door. Mm-hmm. And you know, the way they build houses in California, there's a gate. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't be at my garage door. Yeah. It was knocking like the police. So I look down and nobody is there, but it's a banging on the door. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like nervous. I'm like, baby, what's going on? Somebody's knocking at the door. I'm looking down, but nobody's there. And she's like, go down and open the door. And I said, I will not. <laughs> <laughs> And then eventually the knocking stopped and I heard the, the Holy Spirit again say, I want you to do my work. Mm. And the knocking came again. Mm. Boom, boom, boom. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll do your work. And the knocking stopped. And I continued to talk to the Holy Spirit. And I said, well, I'm a registered nurse. I work seven at night to seven in the morning. I said, how can I be a pastor, minister, or whatever you want me to do? Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm going to give you businesses so you'll never have to take a salary from the church. He said, I'm going to give you businesses so when you start the church, you can start the church in a professional state. He said, I'm going to give you everything you need to start the church. I'm going to give you finances and everything. So what happened while my wife was on bed rest with our first child, she was Mm -hmm. pregnant and it was a high risk pregnancy. And her boss had called her and the boss was stressing her out. And I said, your boss is not supposed to be calling you because you're on disability. And then I went to the hospital the next day and me and the chief of staff got into it. And, you know, he got me fired. Mm. And I came home and I said, hey, how much does it start to open a foster family agency? And she told me and she said, why? I said, because I'll never let a man control my life again. So I realized now that was God pushing us 
out of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And that's why I understand that everything that we think is bad is really not bad. Sometimes it's God using that situation to push us into an area that he wants mm-hmm. us. So because of the chief of staff uh, got me fired because uh, my wife's supervisor was calling her harassment on bed rest, we started an agency, a foster family agency. And, you know, within six months, I could have quit working as a nurse. Mm. God given us the finances that he had promised. So after that, you know, it was my turn to do my part. Mm-hmm. So, but it took like literally seven years for me to even, you know, sit about, no, about eight, nine years wow. before me to even have my own church. Yeah. I went to a church, then I went to ministerial school, then I got my master's in theology. And then one day the Lord said, okay, it's time to go out. Hmm. And we've been open for about eight years now. So that's a little bit of how I got started, how the Lord called me. Okay. And ministry. That's cool. I've never heard that story before. <laughs> All right. Okay. So ATC is a non-denominational church, correct? Yes. So what led to you coming to the conclusion that you wanted it to be non-denominational? Well, when you think about heaven, when God, when Jesus, God comes back here, okay, it's not just going to be men. It's not just going to be women. It's we're not going to have a sex. We're not going to have a color. We're all going to be spirits. So when I think about that, that we're all going to be spirits, okay, why not have the same thing in the church? You know, uh, religion was started by man. It wasn't started by God. God never started religion in the Bible. Religion was started to control people. So when you hear Baptist, all that was some man took John the Baptist and said, we're going to start Baptist. When you talk about uh, Jehovah Witnesses, they got the name from Jehovah and then they said, we're God witness. So that's where Jehovah Witnesses came from. Mm -hmm. When you talk about Mormons, that came from an angel named Mormia in the Book of Mormons. So mm-hmm. all the religions was started from people in the Bible or angels in the Bibles, you know, just like seven day of Venice. That's about Passover. So mm-hmm. God never gave names to a religion because religion was never of God. Relationship is of God. So when I think about non-denomination, I want a group of people that want to be in relationship with God and not have a religious experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, church hurt. A big thing that drives people away from coming to church. It pushes people away from Jesus in general. So what would you say to those who've experienced church hurt? The number one thing is this. When you're dealing with church hurt, remember this. God didn't hurt you. Always remember that. Jesus didn't hurt you. The Holy Spirit didn't hurt you. The reason why people get church hurt is because they put so much, so much of their trust, so much of their faith into a man mm-hmm. or a woman. And that's when you get hurt. The Bible tells you, if you put your trust in God, you won't get hurt. But if you put your trust in man, you will be let down. So when you're talking about church hurt, you're talking about people that give their all to a ministry. Okay. Mm-hmm. They work hard and then something happens 
and the pastor has to make a decision. And sometimes the pastor may make a right decision. Sometimes the pastor may make a wrong decision. But if you was in church and you were serving God and you wasn't serving man, you really wouldn't be hurt when something came your way. Because when you read the Bible, you understand the disciples didn't get along all the time. And people have a misconception, oh, I go to church, everything is supposed to be in order. Church will never be in order because the church are, is the people. Mm -hmm. Until we get in order as people, don't expect the church to be in order. The church is not the building, the church is in the people. So if you get a hundred people in a church and you got a hundred different visions and a hundred different agendas, that's chaos right there. Mm -hmm. so when people come to me and say, Pastor, I was, I was church church before. I apologize for that because it's part of the faith. So I apologize for you being church hurt, but also let them know you're not going to take it out on me because mm -hmm. I didn't do it. The Bible says, test the spirit by the spirit. And then I also tell them that, is it something that you could have done that, that, that caused the pastor to make the decision that they did? Because a lot of times people don't like to take accountability for what they did. It's easier just to blame it on the pastor. So church hurt happens for three reasons. Okay. And this is just my opinion. Mm -hmm. And like I said, when it's my opinion, you can side with it. You can have your opinion. But when, the, when it's the word of God, you got to listen to it. Mm -hmm. So through my experience, the three reasons people get church hurt. The first one, like I said, they put their trust in a pastor, whether it's a man or woman, and you don't put your trust in God. Mm -hmm. The second thing is people can't take accountability for what they do. And no matter what, they think just because I paid my tithes for 10 years, I was faithful to the church. You could do this and the pastor don't say anything. And the third thing is people get church hurt because they don't like something that the pastor is saying out of the pulpit. So the easy way to get away from that is to say, you know what? He or she offended me. Mm -hmm. So guess what? That's three ways people get church hurt. From my experience in being over 15 years in ministry, mm -hmm. it's most of the ones it is the pastor did this. The pastor said that. But what I never hear is what caused them to say that or do that. And I'm going to say it and I'm going to end with this. If we kept our trust in God, if we didn't put men and women on pedestals, you wouldn't be hurt. Mm -hmm. Because if you went to church to serve God and not a man, what, how you going to get hurt? Because when you understand who God is, you understand that man, that man ha it, it has, uh, men have issues. Men are fallible. Men make mistakes. So, and women make mistakes. So if you understand that, how can you be hurt? Because I don't put my trust in no man. I don't put my trust in myself. I put mm -hmm. my trust in the Holy Spirit that resides mm -hmm. in me. And that's why I always tell the ministry, don't trust me. Trust the Holy Spirit in me. Don't ever put me on a pedestal because God will knock me off the pedestal. I'm just a vessel. Okay, so I feel like this next question goes hand in hand with church hurt. How do you identify a false prophet or a false teacher? Well, 
when it comes to identifying a false prophet or a false teacher, the Bible says test the spirit by the spirit. And what that means, you listen to what's coming out of their mouth and you li- and you watch to see what they're doing. You're not being so the Bible says we need to be uh, 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 slow to slow to speak and quick to listen. So if you listen to somebody long enough, you'll understand who they are. So a false prophet will mix the truth. They'll mix lies and the true word of God, just like the devil does. So they'll give you the word of God, but then they'll put a spin on it, just like prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. Yes, God just does want us to be prosperous. That's why he says, I know the plans that I have for you. He's talking about his children. And the plan is to prosper and have good health. See, that's the whole thing right there. But when prosperity got a hold of it, they dropped the health off and just made it about money. But when mm-hmm. God was talking about prosperity, he was talking about you being prosperous in everything you do. You're prospered as a husband. You're prosperous as a wife, a mother, a father, a, 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 a grandmother. You're prosperous at your job. You're prosperous in your church. You're prosperous. You're a prosperous parent. Whatever you touch, you produce something valuable. And so what the false prophet does, he makes lies with truth to make you feel good. If you ever have a church and all they do is preach a feel good message, that's not from God. Encouragement is part of the world word. It's not all of the word. Prosperity mm-hmm. is part of the word. It's not all of the word. Faith is part of the word. It's not all of the word. When, when, when you when you a true teacher teaches from the Bible and they don't pick and choose just one part of the Bible to make an agenda. Okay. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll give you an example of a false prophet. You bring $3,000 up here right now. God is going to bless you in five days. First of all, it's no amount of money that we can give to be placed on a blessing that God is going to give us for free. Mm-hmm. Money doesn't buy blessing. How you get blessings is very simple. You follow the word of God and you stick to his agenda and leave your agenda alone. The false prophet will always make it about you and not about God. They'll always tell you, well, if you do this, God would do that. That's not biblical because God said I've already left some things down here. We don't even have to ask for some things. We just have to tap into them. So a false prophet is more of like a motivational speaking. Mm-hmm. He or she will never talk about sin, but they'll always talk about forgiveness. He or she will never talk about repentance, but they'll talk about faith. They will never do anything to make you feel itchy under the seat. They will never tell you anything to make you feel uncomfortable because their focus is on, the focus is not on your soul. The focus is on what they can get from you. Mm-hmm. So talking about false prophets, oh, you're going to get some truth in there, but it's going to be some lies in there also. And it's just a manipulation scheme to play on people's emotions. So the way you recognize them, listen, I think we all saw that video out there where that pastor was going off and because his church apparently wasn't giving enough money. Mm-hmm. He said, <laughs> I mean, a $200 watch. First of all, if the pastors, that's a false prophet right there, right? I'm going to tell you why. 
if the pastor is begging for a $200 watch, how can a pastor teach you how to be blessed? Because a blessed man can afford a $200 watch. <laughs> if a pastor is begging, how is that biblical when he said, when the Bible says, I never seen my seed begging for bread? Mm -hmm. no, that's a false prophet right there because he's going against the things of the word. You can't go against the things of the word and call yourself a man or woman of God. What we do have to line up with the word. You never seen Jesus begging for money. You never seen Jesus begging for anything. So how do men and women of God get up there and beg? Because they're false prophets. Because if I trust God, I believe in God, and he's going to supply all my needs, why do I have to beg a congregation to do anything? That's why when the Holy Spirit called me, and this is just me, he said, I don't want you to take offering. Mm -hmm. I've never taken the offering from the church because when God first called, I mean, a, a salary from the church, I pay my tithes. I have never taken a salary. When God called me, he said, I don't ever want you to take a salary from the church. He said, I'm going to supply all your needs. And I trusted him in that. And he has mm -hmm. always supplied all my needs. So remember this, a false prophet, a false teacher, they're not trying to give you anything. They're trying to get something from you. A man, a woman of God, they give, they give, they give, they pour into you. And the only thing they ask in return is that you dedicate your life to Jesus. That's how you know the difference between two. What the real men and women of God give, false prophets take. Mm -hmm. That's let me, hold on, Holy Spirit, let me, let me add this. They okay. take way more than they give. Okay. okay? Remember that they may give, they may give 10%, but they taking 90 from you. Mm -hmm. They always got their hands out. Always got their hands out. They're always telling you how good you are. The Bible says none of us are good. We're worse than a filthy rag and we're saved by grace. So how can God, how can the word of God say one thing, but the man or woman say something different against God? So that's how you know the difference between a real man and woman of God and false prophets. They have a, they have an agenda It's self-motivated and they're using the word of God to get what they want. Hmm. Okay. Next question. Next question. Statistically, there are way more women in church than men. And personally, I've noticed it also that it's overflowing with single women. And when there are men, they're usually single and if they, if they are in church, sometimes they aren't really spiritually mature. And so why do you think the churches are losing men and overflowing with single women? Well, you know, in our church, we gain it. So yeah, no, not our church. <laughs> We're about 50, 50 up. In yeah. there. <laughs> this is the scripture. Mm -hmm. And now people going to get mad at me. I don't care. <laughs> I'm Pastor Mark. I'm real. Says <laughs> you attract what you are. Mm -hmm. You become what you hang with. I'm telling you, I've spoken to a lot of men. And the reason why <clears throat> most churches in America, there are more women than men because the pastors don't get the pastors don't show anything manly that another man would want to follow. No real man wants to follow a weak man. No mm -hmm. real man wants to follow a man that all he does sit up there and play on women emotions. When you bring a real man into a sanctuary, they know when another man is playing on women's emotions. Real men don't want to sit in church and just 
listen to a man talk about himself all day. And that's why you have so many women in church because men play on women emotions. It's no difference from when we was in the world. When I was in the world, I could tell a woman what she wanted to hear. I could tell four or five women what she wanted to hear, you know, and then get all their phone numbers. It's no different in the church, y'all. I'm just going to be real with y'all. If I wanted a mega ministry, I could have a mega ministry in six months. I have a lot of handsome brothers in my church that's married. I tell I tell the people in my church this all the time. All I got to do is tell these single brothers to go out there. This is how easy a mega ministry is to build. Hey, man, I want you to go out there. Get 20 men. I want each one of y'all to go out there and flirt with 10 women and, and make them think they have a chance with you. I can get 200 women in the church in two Sundays. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. So just because you see a mega ministry doesn't mean it's from God. Matter of fact, when you look in the Bible, there were no mega ministries. Mm-hmm. There, wasn't none. there wasn't none. So when you see the big old congregations, <laughs> people, <laughs> God, a lot of that is man-made. Understand that. So mm-hmm. if you're a strong man, you're going to draw up strong men. I'm a strong man. That's why, you know, I would say 70% of our church is married. Cause I'm strong and I want, and, and, and strong men gravitate to me, manly man gravitate to me. But now what I see, I see the pastors want to get up there in their little tight clothes, you know, pastors, <laughs> pastors no, I'm being real pastors. Well, yeah. uh-huh. Their, 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 their eyebrows arch, you know, the pastor prettier than his wife. A man is not supposed <laughs> to, a man is supposed to be handsome. Mm-hmm. We're, crossing the boundaries now mm-hmm. and now what you see you see the effeminate or the beta males in the pulpit acting like a woman and that's why the woman is gravitating to him where mm-hmm. a woman is supposed to gravitate to a strong man not an effeminate man I'm just telling you all, all when, when, when all a man can do is preach a sermon oh uh, 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 how good you are as a woman and all this stuff. Yes, that's part of it. But what about, let him start teaching about, you got to submit to your husband and see how many women you have in that church. Let him start teaching certain things. Hey, look here, sister, you need to turn that down the way you dress in woman of God because you've been in church for five years and you still showing too much breast. Let his wife go over there and tell them. You see, the reason why you have mega ministries is because you don't talk about, because pastors don't talk about sin. Why do you think they didn't like Jesus for one reason? He talked about sin. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't please, you can't keep three thousand people coming every Sunday if you're talking about sin and correction. You can keep three thousand people coming every Sunday if you're teaching feel-good messages and you're telling the people what their itching ears want to hear. That's biblical. Mm-hmm. He says. In the end times, there's going to be pastors out there, leaders out there that tell the people what their itching ears want to hear. That's why uh, uh, you'll hear people say, I'm trying to find a church to fit me. No, you're trying to find a church to tell you what you want to (laughs) hear. And if you get caught up into that, and a lot of women do get caught up in that. You know, I had a couple of ladies come to my church and was invited and the response was, girl, he too manly for me. How am I too manly? He too strong for me. 
what I'm supposed to be one of the beta effeminate e guys. That's not me. I'm not cut like that. Mm -hmm. And that's why she's single. <laughs> <laughs> because she, she wants somebody she can control. And that's what she was saying. How am I too manly? I'm a man. I didn't know a man could be too manly. What you want me to act like? Mm -hmm. So when you talk about why is there more women in the church? Because these pastors play on these women emotions. I don't play on nobody emotions because I'm not here for emotional ride. I want my daughters to be women of God. I want my daughters to live like women of God, keep their legs closed and wait for their husband. I don't care if you used to give it up when you was 20, 25, 30, you 40 now do something different. I'm not, I'm not having my daughters go out there and be weak women. I tell the women in ATC, get your education. Just like for, for instance, this nonsense that women can go out there and do the same thing man can do. God never said that. Mm -hmm. Why would you want to be a trash woman? Why would you want to lay bricks? Why would you want to go out there and be an infantry in the military? God called you a treasure. And a treasure doesn't touch anything that's dirty. You're supposed to be feminine. That's the way God made you. But what the world is trying to do, they're trying to get the roles twisted. So yeah. now what happens is you have these soft, effeminate pastors going and teaching to the women. And then the women come home, expect their man to act like that. Or the women come home and start telling their man everything the pastor said. And the man's like, I ain't never going to that dude church. I guarantee you, you want to get your husband in the church? Why don't you go home and tell, tell your man, my pastor said, listen to my husband. I guarantee you he'll be in church in about three weeks. <laughs> going home, talking about my pastor said, I can be the head too. My pastor said, you know, I, 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 I'm equal to you. You see, that's not biblical. You're equal to women or equal to men spiritually, not physically. Somebody break up into my house. I don't want my wife jumping up to protect the house in front of me. I don't want my wife taking out trash. I don't want my wife sitting up there doing oil changes. Now, if that's what she choose to do, that's good for her. But God never said some of the stuff that women are gravitating to. And that's why especially African-American women are having it so hard to find a man today yes. because they're buying into the world concept and they're starting to disrespect their man. Where when I grew up, it was about, I want a king. The king was like, I want a queen. Mm -hmm. But now oh, I got a dude. I got a girl. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so you have so many women in the church today. The bottom line is because the pastor ain't doing nothing but playing on, on their emotions and pimping them. It ain't nothing but a pimp game in the pulpit. Mm. That's all it is. And I promise you this. If I was that type of pastor, look, I'm handsome. I know I'm handsome. <laughs> that type of pastor, I mm. can have a mega ministry in two months. Because mm. it's not hard. Women are emotional. Yes. And they play on women emotions. And that's why you see more women than men in the in the in, in, in the majority of churches in America. But when you go overseas, you see 50-50. Yes. Husbands and wives. It's only in America that women dominate the church. So, that was my pastor. That was real good. This this is real good. <laughs> 
So now our last question, I decided to add another one. Um, a lot of young people uh, have this mentality that they should just have fun now and repent later on instead of living for Jesus right now because they just want to have fun. And I understand that they, because um, being a young person, I understand the wanting to just live your life. But what would you say to those who have that mentality, have fun now and repent later? So to have fun now and get saved later, or repent yeah. later analogy. Well, I'm about to bury a 15-year-old on this Saturday. So I guess it doesn't work. And I'm glad that he had heard about repentance in the church. And he was given an opportunity to, you know, dedicate his life to God. So I would tell young people, listen, we know the pressures that y'all go through. We know the pressure that y'all under is 50 times harder. Or let me be real, 500 times harder than when I was in high school. The thing that the world off worlds offer now, it wasn't offering when I was in high school. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have none of that. So I, I didn't have the access that y'all have. So when you think about all the peer pressures and all the access to different things that people have, you need to get yourself saved right now. The Bible says no man knows the time, the date, the hour. Okay. So don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. So if the Holy Spirit is, is urging you to give your life to him, give your life to him, you still can have fun once you give your life to Christ. What Christ teaches you to do, he teaches you how to have clean fun. You see, a, a worldly party is only bad because the world was brought into the party. You got to say what I'm saying. So you got a group of people. You got, <laughs> animals, you got spades. You got junction or whatever those big sticks was or big blocks. You got karaoke. Tell me what's wrong with that. Nothing. What's wrong with that party. Mm -hmm. The world come in. The weed, the sex, and the alcohol. Yep. So why can't you have a party without the weed, the sex, and the alcohol? At your age, young, at a young age, y'all should be able to entertain each other because y'all still silly, y'all still goofy, y'all still having fun, y'all still laugh, and y'all still enjoy game, games. Mm -hmm. So it ain't that you can't have fun when you come to Christ because I have more fun now than I ever had before. I just learned how to have clean fun. You can still go on vacations. You can still go to amusement parks. You can still go to Raging Waters. You can still do, you can do anything you want to. Just keep it clean. Exactly. So don't stop having fun because I'm 50 years old and I still have fun. <laughs> God wants us to enjoy life. Just enjoy it in a clean manner. All right. That was my last question. Thank y'all for watching or listening to that episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Let's continue this conversation in the comments or in the DMs. Please share it with a friend, subscribe to the channel, download the podcast, follow the Instagram at The Journey Podcast, follow me on TikTok at jada.christine. And if you need a church in Riverside, California, you can go to At The Cross Ministries. And if you are not in California, please follow them on Instagram and subscribe to their YouTube channel at ATCR side. Please come back, please spin back, come listen to or see me again and look at the previous episodes because they are good too. Have a blessed day. Bye y'all.